listen, honey, listen, honey. Listen, honey, listen, honey. So, Nick King, let me tell you about why you came out as the perfect guest for me to have on my show, which, by the way, thank you for making the time because I know you're busy, busy. So I was listening to, of course, of course. So I was listening to this preacher and he was talking about these household name brands that we use from McDonald's to Kellogg's to Smith and Wesson Mm -hmm. to even Bloomingdale's. And he asked, why is it that we use these brands without realizing that these are all white household family names? Mm -hmm that we continue to feed and support while the minority dollar out here struggling. And specifically the black dollar is set up to lose. And I, I, it stopped me dead in my tracks because I'm a fashion girl. I'm also a (laughs) connoisseur of, of many brands out there. I don't, I have never for one second thought that these were people's family names Mm -hmm. that deservingly so have made their wealth and their generational wealth in order to supply the rest of us. But why have I never thought that my could be a brand? Yeah. You know, I, I've thought about a clothing line. I've thought, but, but I'm talking about the empire of a brand so strong that you don't even think about it as a name anymore. When you think of Johnson and Johnson, you think of beauty and healthcare and, and products. Right. You think about medical gear. Right. So well, you seem to have gotten this, way ahead of a lot of us. So talk Mm -hmm. to me about your entrepreneurship and talk to me about why at a time when the rest of the country is in despair and people have given up hope, especially for the black dollar, that you decided to become the founder of Proud Puff Cereal and why you wanted to make your name a household brand. Yeah, you know, I I think the the, the biggest thing, and I always start this way because I can't take credit for it. You know, um, this, you know, I've always said, this isn't my idea. This was uh, 100% God's idea. You know, this was given to me at 3 a.m. You know, when, you know, you, you think you think the way your mind works, it's like everything's silent. You're not really thinking of anything. So just imagine just waking up, like almost as someone whispered something to you. So I literally woke up with that on my mind and I'm sitting there laying in my bed and I'm like, cereal company. And uh, this is uh, unfortunately after, you know, Breonna Taylor, after George Floyd. So I'm, I'm scrolling social media and everything is, you know, support black businesses, you know, shop black owned businesses. And just on a whim, literally on a whim, I Google black owned cereal company thinking that this exists somewhere. And I tell you when I Googled it and it was almost like no results found almost, you know, that that for me kind of told me it was like, wow, like I, I think I have something that can really, you know, make a, a cultural impact. And, you know, I, I haven't stopped ever since, you know, just really building this brand out and, and really creating a, a name for myself. Wow. After such a difficult year for so many, here's the moments that I was very thankful for 2020. Yeah. One of them being the supporting of Black businesses, Black-owned businesses. Particularly, we're just going to start with one, beauty, mm-hmm. right? For me, as soon as I th- thought about support Black-owned businesses, I was like, duh, of course. Wait, am I not? Right. right. I'm like, wait, hold on. Like, I'm a consumer of coffee, of gasoline, of cars, of jewelry. Uh, there, there's got to be. I, I know I am. Right. Exactly. So I just started with one criteria of my my spendings. Beauty. Right. So I dumped open my makeup case and I looked at like Revlon and CoverGirl and Wet n Wild and um, 
Shiseido, all these brands. I don't even know if you're familiar, right? But yeah. I was like, okay, so gotta be black owned. Let's see. And I did the same thing as you, friend. I started like picking up and just like Googling. Right. And no, like when you go up, 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 up back there, because a lot of them are just like private owned companies and investor companies now, but they were like one white man up at the top. Yep. Even Estee Lauder, one of the biggest yeah. namesakes in beauty. So I was like, okay, so I clearly, I, I, it's so, so rightfully checked. Cool. I got to go do right. So I'm like, let me go. Cause even Shiseido is an Asian owned brand. So I'm like, okay, I got my people covered. Let me go make sure that I support black owned businesses. I go to a lo- local it. target and I walk in and I'm like, okay, black owned businesses. I walk into the section. And by the way, this was in, this is, was in a predominant, it was, it's in a neighborhood that's considered minority, right? Minority neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I went down the aisle at target and there was a specific aisle for black faces or darker skin because mm-hmm. I saw in the pictures were all sisters that were of like darker melanin. I was like, okay, this is black owned. I started collecting things. And then I called my girlfriend and I was like, she's a, she's a, 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 a beauty brand owner. And I told her, Hey, your stuff is not sold at target. She goes, I know we're trying to get my stuff in there. And I go, cool. Well, I did get some other black owned business products and I read them out to her. And she was like, sis, stop, put your basket back down over there. Those are actually white owned brands. And I was like, wait, what? What are you talking about? So Nick, I'm not even kidding you. This was white owned businesses. One of them being Maybelline that then owned another brand with the name black in the title and just catered to marketing. That was all black faces. All black. And to be honest with you, did they do something illegal? Not really. I don't know if it's illegal to cater to a certain group of people, but you're not that yourself. Right. Right. But how crazy is it, though, to be a white brand and dominate the areas that need representation, but kind of play like you're the one that can speak from that lifestyle, can speak from that skin to be able to know what they need. I was that was crazy for me. Yeah, no. So going back to the cereal thing, I just like when you're talking about what you Googled, I just felt you because I was like dumbfounded about that. Right. One hundred percent. And I, I think the, the biggest thing for me, uh, even just touching on what you said, just thinking about, especially in the food space, thinking about Aunt Jemima, thinking about Uncle Ben. It's like, you know, products that look like Kellogg's. Right. And, and, and we think. Oh, about, no. Kellogg. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, we think about it and we say, you know. Aunt Jemima looks like us, you know, Uncle Ben looks like us. So we just buy it unconsciously. And then we find out years later, like, we don't own that. You know what I mean? And then just kind of going back going, all right, you know what, that was probably taken from, you know, slavery days. So, you know, when creating the product out, I was like, I definitely want to push the message that representation matters. I definitely want to showcase my beautiful black family on the on the front of the box. You know what I mean? But also just let everyone know like that part. Yes. <laughs> Letting everyone know, like, you know, this is this is this is made by us. You know what I mean? Like you know where you know where everything is going. And I think that's the biggest thing is is basically showcasing representation for sure. Okay. So let's talk about your journey because I think that there is definitely hurdles and difficulties for a business owner to create their brand. Yep. But which specific parts of it are which specific parts of it are difficult for certain races? That's, that's the part I really wonder if people can point out. And you walked the walk. Yeah. So tell us about taking this idea and putting it to store shelves. What, were you, what did you feel as an entrepreneur were things that you learned and got through? And what did you feel any 
any pushback from being black? Definitely. You know, to, to start, you know, unfortunately, when it comes to, you know, minority owners, you know, our dreams die at capital, you know, raising money. You know, we can have the greatest idea in the world, but we can't go into a bank. You know, there's not, you know, money sitting in a trust fund for us that we can kind of tap into. We can't tap necessarily into friends and family to fund that dream. So that's the, the sad part is most of our dreams die there. You know, so for me, uh, just mm. looking in that space going, all right, this is a great idea, phenomenal idea. I can build out, you know, a couple months prior, you know, I, I left my, my corporate job of 12 years. I, I jumped out in full faith and said, I'm going to be a dad. I emptied my 401k out and said, I'm going to live on this for about a year and just focus on being a dad. And the idea kind of pops up. So now I'm in a space to where I'm like, I need to situate my life, but also have a really good idea, you know? Yeah. So that that's the that's the toughest part. So I'm looking at it like, all right, now on a business standpoint, I know I can't get investors, but I try anyway. And you know, um, I, I'm on a social media app. There's a there's a room for for pitching to investors. And I'm a good talker. I've been in retail sales for a very long time. So I got in the room and you know I dominated. I pitched. You know, I, I really you know told them exactly what the product does, why why I'm doing it, etc. Uh, long story short, when you know when we actually took it into a private meeting. You know, the first thing was said, well, you know, we can give you uh, a six figure check, you know, that'll help you, you know, fund the business. However, you know, maybe we could make it a little more friendlier. Maybe we can remove the family off the front. Maybe it could be something like Happy Flakes, just so we can kind of, you know, get our money back and it's less urban, you know, so that that goes to show you one of the things is, you know, a lot of people aren't ready for representation. A lot, a lot of people aren't ready to have that conversation. A lot of people aren't ready to talk you know, black ownership. And uh, for me, the biggest thing was, all right, you know what, what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to put the, my product back in the hands of the community, which is, you know, why we're, we're currently crowdfunding in February. And um, I think that's just the, the, the biggest thing. And I'm, I'm super excited because everyone is coming out full force. Absolutely. You actually remind me of a story Jay, my fiance, told me. He said when he wanted to get into real estate, he walked into white banks. And mm -hmm. looking at this black, you know, at the time they saw him as a rapper, yeah. there was no way they were going to give him the capital he needed. So he actually had to get his white Jewish friends to go in there and, and, and co-sign some right. situation to get him the funding he needed but to then yeah. be able to take over, which is crazy. Um, but it isn't that crazy, too, from what right. we know today. And then it also makes me think about such huge successes where people surged forward with their idea, even if the industry told them that it wasn't going to make money, like right. Black Panther and yeah. Fenty, Rihanna's entire beauty line, and penetrated the market where nobody else was representing and showed that the Black dollar is strong and the need, the, the demand is absolutely there and well, thirsting right. for it. And I'm so thankful because I don't know if things like Soul movie from Disney, Disney Pixar would have been made. I don't know if Jingle Jangle would have been made. Both amazing films. And I heard you're a dad. So if you haven't seen those, man, those are like my favorites. But I don't know if they would have been made without like the, the breakthrough of Black Panther, you know? Right. And, and I, I was gonna say, I think the, the, the biggest piece is, yes, that's, that's the idea. You know, uh, there's different facets of, of, of creatives, right? You know, so coming out with a product and saying, you know what, there's a space for it. The space literally carved right out for it. You know, just, you know, uh, it's been coined 
Propos has been coined the cereal for the culture. And I love that, you know what I mean? Because people are understanding like, why is it made? And, you know, I'd say definitely, you know, black and brown folks are definitely coming out for it, but allies, also those who do know that representation matters is, is really huge. But then on the other end, you know, after my, my, my HuffPost interview came out, I guess it kind of hit a, a different radar because there's another side of the world that isn't ready for that. So, you know, that night, unfortunately, I got, you know, tons of, of, of hate, you know, racist emails saying no one wants to see this, you know, and I, I don't want to go back go too deep into it. But if I wasn't so faith based and I wasn't so secure with myself, like that can break somebody, you know, what I mean, like that's yeah. mentally damaging. But, you know, I'm literally having to check all my emails because it's business and just kind of just reading the hateful stuff through it. I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to give it some time. I'm going to pray on it. I'm going to start my morning over and, you know, continue yeah. to focus on the, the, the great things that are happening right now. Interesting. No. Wow. That's very interesting. I want to bring up a question that I got from my fans. I, I didn't know how to answer if I'm honest. So I had a guest named Sonia who was a Pilates instructor. So I had a black business owner, Pilates instructor. Yes. Who worked in the world of Pilates that were in expensive studios that were in white neighborhoods. And she, of course, decided, yo, I got to bring the art of Pilates into black neighborhoods because black people don't know about the medicinal and the meditative health and, and reasons for Pilates. Right. But at the same time, they don't have access to it because nobody's driving from Inglewood all the way to Beverly Hills, let's just say. Right to get, you know, Pilates. So she opened up the studio, but then kind of like you said, she had a lot of trouble with people who wouldn't be able, wouldn't help to invest in the business because they then said, what are you planning to charge this at? Because we get that there's no representation here, but there's a reason because this neighborhood can't afford a price of a Pilates lesson. Gotcha. And so I... I ask you, what is the answer to that? When, like your cereal, we know that that's going to be probably fair market price. That's something that we all can afford. But right. when it comes to things that white people in different tax brackets and income levels can enjoy, but should be ex available to minority neighborhoods, where do you find that meeting ground to be able to help minority families afford that, but also... Okay make investors happy with what they want with, with the decision of whether or not you should invest in a business in a white neighborhood or in a minority neighborhood? I know I, it's a crazy question. It's a load of no, questions. No, no, I, I think I, I think I can walk into this one. Okay. I, I think the, the biggest thing, and I had, you know, questions early on as well. The biggest thing is intent, right? You know, everyone said, oh, you know, uh, you're not going to make your money back. You know, like it's going to be a lot harder. You want to you want to open up your business, you know, so it's a little bit more universal. And I'm like, it's cereal. So it's universal. It's just a representation of, 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 a, of a black family that that really kind of targets a demographic. But at the end of the day, if you like chocolate cereal, if you like healthy cereal, then this this makes sense for you. Uh, so for me, it's, it's really not focusing so much on the dollar and more focusing on the impact. Now it's a it's a tough thing when you when you're thinking about a business because you, you want to find a way to make your money back, but you also want to introduce your demographic to something that's different. You know, so finding that happy medium and being able to say, you know what, I may take a hit up front, but long term is something that I'm introducing to my culture that they will eventually start to get accustomed to. So under you know, explaining, you know, culturally, you know, it's one of those things like you you say Pilates, you know, a lot of people may not necessarily know about it or may have heard about it, but have never actually done it. So, you know, introducing it to them and kind of walking them through the actual benefits of it and building for it 
you think about the spending dollar. Like we said, you said earlier, you know, that, that spending dollar is there. It's just how is it helpful and how is it resourceful for me? And once we find a benefit in it, we're going to spend. And that's that's just what it is. So I think when you don't when you go into with intent of saying, you know what, I want to make an impact and I want to help, eventually you'll find your way to the money. And that's the biggest thing. I, I've been saying that for my product. Like, I'm going to take my time. Don't be wrong. Like God has given me the biggest push ever, you know, to kind of, you know, put my brand in visibility. But at the end of the day, I went into it saying, you know what, if it's going to take a little bit longer, I'm okay with that. Because I wanted, I want to introduce my culture to one something that represents them that they haven't seen yet, but also something completely different because it's a healthier cereal. It's not just a big box of sugar. So if it's a dollar or two more, it's me explaining to them like, listen, this is you know kids are going to school and if they have they're, if they're on a sugar high, it's going to be really tough for them to focus. And then by the time they come back down, it's going to be the same thing because now they're tired and drained. This healthier cereal is going to help counteract that so people are not pushing medicine on you, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's getting people accustomed to things that they're not they're not used to. When you when you dip into different cultures, it's it's one of those things, whether it's black or not, that you have to you have to literally walk people into something and show them what the benefit it is for them. You're absolutely right. So in essence, you're saying, yeah, it's true. People are going to have a problem investing in the concept of an area where it might not jump off like it would in a more wealthy area or wealthy neighborhood yep. or a more knowledgeable, knowledgeable area. But instead of worrying, but instead of setting that up, setting that up as a dead end Definitely. and walking away, we, the people that actually are intentional about building up these communities to have access and being business owners to be committed to the passion of getting these out to these neighborhoods and these, and, and these cultures, we have to be intentional about how we sell these products. That it's not necessarily the best, um, that you're the, 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 the end-all be-all of a Pilates studio or the best cereal over everything else. But we need to make people conscious consumers. We right. need to empower them to say, but what if you thought differently and actually helped out this small family who don't have a footprint in this industry by putting your dollar towards this instead right. of going to a Bally's or a 24 hour fitness. What if you, you, you started to think about building up these other Definitely. Um, minority families that could have a chance, just like all of these others that already do have that chance. I, yeah. I, I, I think that's such a great way to look at it because we all have that ability of doing that being either consumers or business owners. Definitely. It's, it's, it, it, it all comes down to intentionality at the end of the day. And that's why, it's really important to have, you know, um, black and brown and people of color, you know, in, in the space of venture capitalists, in the space of, you know, angel investors and et cetera, because you understand the struggle. You understand that it's it's new. It's even like, you know, putting a, a, a farmer's market, you know, in an urban community, you know what I mean? Or putting a, a juice shop in an urban community. It's like, you know what? Culturally, it's not something that, that they may necessarily be used to, but the impact is going to be a lot bigger. So if we have to, if it takes a little bit longer to get the money back, then the intentionality of going into it is the right way because you know what it's going to happen eventually but the impact that we're having now and that's going to be the bigger impact later on is is it counts way more nick all in all first i want to hear then where are we going to get your cereals and well where are we going to get your cereal and how do we support you because i know you're in the process of getting it out to mainstream locations where we need to shop it and then number two what can we be doing if we are in the place of investing, how, how do we reach out to 
budding entrepreneurs that happen to be black in order to support? Because that's also something I don't know where to go in order to make that connection. Definitely. Uh, so right now in the business day, like I said, we're, we're crowdfunding, we're raising capital. Uh, thankfully, we're doing amazing. Um, but there's so many different facets of the business that we have to, you know, to fund to maintain it. Uh, so our next batch of cereal, uh, we're shooting for April. Everything does look good in that space. As of right now, uh, it's available on uh, proudpuffcereal.com. Um, but we are looking into big box retail. We've had one conversation, which has been great. Um, but it's not necessarily just being on shelf space, it's being able to maintain, maintain shelf space as well. Uh, so you can kind of get into a store, but how long you'll stay in the store and would you be able to keep up with supply is another big thing. Uh, as far as the supporting, you know, uh, that's that's huge. I guess the, the big one of the big things is, you know, what you're doing now, you know, uh, allowing me to, to, to utilize your platform to to amplify what I'm doing, you know, sharing my message, you know, talking about representation matters like that's huge. You know, even down to, you know, when people share posts, like I love all that comments, the whole nine, like that's that's huge for any business, you know, to help build traction. On uh, the other side, on the, in, the investing side, it's just simply just, you know, reaching out and asking, you know, where you can help, you know, whether you can help in, you know, connections to, you know, another media outlet or you can help financially. You know, I think I think it, it you know, to go back to the, the old school message of it, it takes a village when building a business, especially a minority business, it, it really does take a village. So. It's just being open to have that conversation and, and utilize uh, the resources that you do have, you know, to help, you know, whatever business it is. So this is helpful to know. So we would go to proudpuffcereal.com yes. to shop directly from you. Yes. And when you guys see this podcast, podcast come out, please do support Nick's cereal, Nick's business, his mantra, because I love the way already you've marketed your entire mission and your faith in your company. It's beautiful. Thank you. And thank you. your family's adorable as well. So- <laughs> I'm going to be posting this on my stories, you guys. Please do like, share, completely repost, support the cereal, and just be more cognizant about how you're spending your money. Just be more aware. It's actually a very good mindful practice to just start. If you watch your money in one day, whether you go to the gas station and you go to a Starbucks, you get your coffee. When you go pick up a gift for a friend, you grab a sandwich for lunch, write down the places that you're actually shopping from. And I, I ask you to actually just Google them and find out the history of who exactly you're putting the the money into the pockets of. And that would be an eye-opening experience. That's actually what taught more of the intent for me. So I really appreciate you being so authentic with your story. And I wish you the best of luck. I can't wait to try your cereal myself because it's so cute. I don't even know if I want to like throw the box away. It's <laughs> one of the cutest boxes I've ever seen. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, that, that's been the great part. You know, I've had some people like, I don't eat cereal, but I'm definitely going to buy it. And even if I have to like put it on a mantle, you know, as a collector's item, you know, we're definitely going to do that. But yeah, like you said, you know, for those who are interested, it is a vegan uh, plant-based cereal. It's uh, definitely healthy. You know, I've worked with my food scientists. We're about five or six times now that we've kind of dipped it back in uh, to make sure it's a delicious chocolate cereal for yourself uh, and for your kids to eat. So if you can 2.0, Captain Crunch peanut butter or the Captain Crunch berries, <laughs> then you're next level. Because I remember when I used to love the cereal so much, and then there was a written report about the blue dye in Captain Crunch berries mm -hmm. that was so unhealthy for you and actually could be linked to cancer. And I was like, what the? I ate that like every single day of my entire childhood. So we're counting on right. you. I'm, I'm going to write that down as definitely a suggestion. Uh, honestly, it should be easy. You know, putting the formula together just definitely makes everything so much easier. But I'm, I'm on it. I've always been a serial fanatic, so I definitely won't let you down with that one. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I greatly appreciate it. And good luck with everything.
Thank you. Thank you for having me. Listen, honey, listen, honey. Listen, honey, listen, honey. Listen, honey, listen, honey.